0: hello and welcome back to the corner bible podcast asking for a friend edition my name is davis moore i am the host this season while dante is working on another project here at the church and i'm excited to be with you all today now we're about halfway through our this season of asking for a friend and today we have a brand new visitor for this week's question this week i have our youth pastor jared storm hey jared Hey, Davis, how you doing? Doing good. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful. Awesome, awesome. So, Jared, this is your first time on the show, so we want to take a special moment to ask uh, just a couple things about yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about you and your family, what you do here at the church. Yeah, so uh, I'm one of
1: the pastors here, as Davis uh, just announced, and I oversee the youth ministry um, alongside my wife, Lindsay. Uh, We have been married almost 12 years and we have five kids. Uh, we live over in Fenville, and we are just really excited about what
0: God, God has going on here at the church. Excited to be a part of it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have a special question this week, and I'm really excited you're here to answer it for us. So the question for this week is, how do I lead my family when I am the passive one and my wife is the dominant one? Yeah, that's a great question, Davis. And um, I think I'm as
1: um, good a person as anyone to answer this question. Um, it's something my wife and I have actually had to work through. I'm just actually more of a passive guy. So I'm delighted to try to speak into this a little bit. Um, and I think of this story that comes to mind um, as one of those guys, like many of us, that are assembling one of our kids' toys. Okay, so we get this, say, playhouse, and I've done this many times. And so I'm assembling this playhouse for my daughter, and I totally disregard the fact that there's instructions that go with this playhouse. (laughs) And so I put it all together, and of course there's pieces left over, and I usually just pitch them in the trash, and uh, we go on our way. But there's a part of that that is showing my passivity. Uh, the fact that I think that I can do it well on my own. And so for a lot of us, I think that we um, don't even recognize the fact that we're, we're being passive over something here. Uh, we're trying to get by um, by doing it ourselves and taking a shortcut to get to the end result. And so I think a lot of us that are passive don't even realize that we're passive. And that's definitely the boat that I fall into or have fallen into in the past. And so I kind of wanted to look back at the why of why we have these conflicts in marriage. And if you go back to Genesis 3.16, it says, your desire will be contrary to your husband, but he will rule over you. So basically it's saying that there's gonna be conflict in situations that there wasn't to prior to the fall. I like how it's put in the New Living Translation. It says, you will desire to rule over your husband, but he will rule over you. So putting this into context and how we're really supposed to act and navigate through this as believers in Christ, we have to jump ahead to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5:22 5, through 30, says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to everything to your husbands. Because we are members of his body. So it says there at the beginning, Wives submit to your husbands. And then down in at 25, it says, Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. So those two things are pretty clear, straightforward, and an in
0: instruction. It's one of those things that is not as easy to apply as it is to read. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I think we have to clarify some terms here right at the beginning of our episode. Because, yeah. you know, obviously we talk about. Authority is a sensitive subject, right? Uh, Submissions is a sensitive subject. Um, we would say uh, there's been a lot of times, even in the church's history, where we've used passages such as this for as an excuse for men to abuse their power or to uh, dominate or authoritarian leadership, and sometimes it can leave a really bad taste in people's mouths. So as we kind of start this conversation and really get into it, how would we kind of define these terms of submission of authority? all of these kinds of things to really get a more biblical light into it first.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that our culture has done a disservice, uh, like you were saying, to what authority actually looks like. Uh, I think authority has been abused over the years and it has really left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And you don't want to submit to authority that could be abusive. And maybe some people have experienced Authorities that have been abusive. And and so there's just such an unwillingness to submit to that. So our culture really views authority as someone that controls. And submission in our culture is really viewed as weakness. Uh, When in fact we've seen throughout scripture Christ submitting to the Father. He's been the perfect example of that. So one isn't less than the other. They really work together in unity to bring glory to God and his design for mankind.
0: Yeah. So we would say that submission really isn't a so much of a hierarchy of importance, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but we would say submission is really a joining together in the same mission with somebody might be at the head authoritatively, but they are working together in a very similar mission. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's one thing to really talk about the importance of submission or the importance of leading well, but I think what we really have to do to answer this question and to make it a, a beneficial conversation is we have to talk about how do we actually lead well in the home? How do we actually, uh, as a passive person, how do we lead well and what are the challenges we can overcome in that? And how do we do that? Well,
1: yeah, for myself, uh, it's been a process, uh, growing and learning, uh, this role. If you look at verse 25 there in Ephesians five, it says to be the savior. So if you look at what it means for our Savior, right, to be the Savior, it meant he was going to go die for us. And so what does it look like for me to die for my wife? What does it look like for me to actually make that practical sacrifice in our everyday life? So put down my wants, my desires, uh, the things that I might view as important that she might not view as that important. So really giving up maybe my time, some of my hobbies, some of those um, things in life that uh, really don't have a lot of significance when it comes to uh, fruitfulness
0: in our marriage. Hmm. Absolutely. So even right there in that explanation, you just kind of gave us submission. that gives a really powerful picture of what authority and submission looks like. It's yeah. not even so much you need to obey me. It's a sense of I'm giving this up so that I can uh, love you as my wife better yeah so that we can serve better together
1: yeah and even taking that a step further in verse verse 26 there it says washing her in the word yeah what's that mean jared so so that's really uh, being able to speak truth in a loving way into her life i I know in the past i have been um, not washing her in the word but power washing her in the (laughs) word (laughs) (laughs) and so uh yeah there's definitely been times where i've been very black and white about things and uh as very much a matter of fact. And this is what the word says. So let's just do this. And uh, that's not the way that everyone wants to be spoken to, especially our spouses, uh, as we know. And, and so just being able to speak those truths in love and practically live them out uh, being that, that example as well. So I think there's that intentional piece that goes along with it, you know, making
0: those sacrifices, but also being intentional in the relationship. So what would you say then is like a a practical way to wash in the water of the word? Like how do, how do we actually do that in our daily life? Yeah. I think that uh, it starts with
1: being able to lead well, uh, within scripture, even, um, doing devotionals together, praying together and really being vigilant on those opportunities that arise, uh, to apply God's word. So I once heard it said, there's no such thing as obstacles. There's such thing as opportunities. Uh, which I thought was a pretty cool uh, quote, uh, considering that God always has us going through one thing or another. And it's really my job to uh, help walk my wife through those things. So really just having the ability to
0: be the leader in those things is, is just super important. Yeah, I think that's really good, too. I think a lot of times in marriage, if we look at the conflicts or we look at maybe some of the struggles going on at home as the obstacle, it really, it pits you as you and your wife against each other, right? right and it sure. you see each other as the enemy rather than actually on the same team and uh, being able to actually do things well together. How would you say we... How, how would you say this works with kids? I know that's an, obviously another thing into the mix um, when it comes to parenting uh, together. Well, how does authority and submission and all that play together with that?
1: Yeah, I think it plays a huge part in this. Um, really being able to role model uh, what authority and submission, uh, working together the way that God designed, what that actually looks like in a family. Um, just me being able to lead well in my role and my wife being able to submit well in her role. And just being that example to our kids is huge in what they need to look for in their future marriages
0: someday. So if there was someone coming to you today uh, who was saying, Jared, I'm having a really hard time leading in my family. I'm really having a hard time doing this. What kind of tips would you give them? Yeah. Uh, What would you send them? What homework would you give them? Uh, I know you're in school right now and you have plenty of homework, but uh, what homework would you give them after that conversation? Yeah, I think the first thing I would do is point them back to scripture. Uh, Some
1: of the stuff that we went through here today, uh, looking at uh, Genesis and then going to Ephesians 5, and really looking at the wife's role and the husband's role, and how can we practically apply those things to our lives. And so uh, just looking into their lives a little bit and maybe ways that they can uh, practically apply some
0: of these biblical principles. I know something you've talked about in the past too, it's been a while ago we had this conversation, but... You mentioned having conversations with your wife about maybe some of the fears she has of, of your leadership, right, or of our leadership as husbands, like, and working through some of those insecurities. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: it's really goes back to a trust thing. Yeah, they actually trust that I'm going to be who I say I'm going to be, and it's really a process of building up that trust. So really looking for ways that the husband can build up trust in the marriage in the ways that the wife can relinquish different areas to the husband so
0: that they can build on that trust. Right. That makes sense. Right, absolutely. What What are some like ways that you've found that are practical ways that a husband can build trust?
1: Yeah, just in everyday decision-making really uh, is something that we really had to work through uh, whether it's a financial decision, a disciplinary decision, um, a decision of where we're going to eat dinner. Yeah, I mean, it could be any decision that you're trying to make between the two of you. Um, just giving the wife the chance to let go of having control of some of those, those decisions and allowing the husband to actually make the decision. I think all those opportunities will
0: begin to build trust in the marriage. Yeah, oh, that's really good, that's really good. I know something uh, my wife and I have tried to put practice into our home is we have a time, and this doesn't happen every single evening, but where we get down we talk about what's happened throughout the day, right? And mm-hmm. that is I think that can establish trust really quickly, too, where um, if, if she talks about something that was really hard during the day, it provides an awesome opportunity, like you said earlier, to open up God's Word, to uh, talk about, hey, this is what God has to say about this stuff, um, and it provides a really open avenue to lead in... Um, and that washing aspect you brought up a yeah. little bit earlier too.
1: Yeah, communication is just really huge. Um, yeah, take being able to take those times, whether it's in the evening when the kiddos are to bed or whenever you can find that time to really communicate well, uh, that's really an avenue to build trust. Um, even looking at things such as expectations, um, just being able to lay out what some of those things are. Yeah. So often um, in our own minds, we have expectations of say even what the day is going to look like. And when that's not met, you know, that can cause some turbulence in the marriage. And so being able to hash through some of those things through conversation um, really gives a foundation for building
0: trust. Yeah, absolutely. I once heard uh, there was somebody that once said uh, expectations are resentments under construction. Oh, that's That's good. That's like a baseball bat to the face, man. (laughs) you know, but you're totally right. Like expectations are huge, you know, and being able to set those whether that be with parenting, whether that be the, how discipline will work with, um, with children, you know, if you have on yeah. the same page, that's really important, right? Yeah. Or how you're going to handle finances or whatever those expectations are. Yeah. So, so important. So yeah, that's just an, an awesome, uh, another awesome gateway to building trust. Well, thank you so much, Jared, for coming on the show to answer this question. Obviously this is a huge topic and we could probably yeah. sit here for two or three hours talking about this and I think uh, as we've been kind of talking off the microphone, I think there's several episodes we could do on this topic, and hopefully we could do that here in the future and kind of uh, really branch this topic out a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of different rabbit trails we could go down, so Ab- that could be fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll, maybe we'll do that here soon, but that's all we have for today. If you do have any additional questions or maybe after listening to this podcast, uh, you thought of a couple more questions you'd like to ask Pastor Jared or any other member of our pastoral team, you can do that in a few ways. You could come to talk to us at uh, church here on a Sunday morning after church and we could uh, answer you in person. You could send your question to cornerbiblepod at gmail.com and we could answer it that way or uh, you could message us online at our Facebook page, our Instagram page. So uh, lots of different ways to get a hold of us. Um, Like I said, we would love to do more questions uh, on this topic here in the future. But until then, we hope you all have a fantastic day and we'll see you